okay. I, I think this is the right place. Oh, geez. Hello. Hi, are you a mistress of the night? Why don't you come inside, dearie? Oh, that's good, because I already came outside. <laughs> In my pants. Here's a towel. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> Do I pay you now? <laughs> Do you take cashier's checks? Yes, all of the above. Give me money. Give me the money. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Independent Filming Review Podcast. That is the thing you are listening to. That is the whole name of the podcast, the Independent Filming Review. That's Dan. I'm Jared. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Dan, what is this? This is a, a podcast where we review independent films, and typically we get submissions from... The industry, the filmmakers, they are after us. Whoa. The industry wants Hollywood. us. Hollywood. No, da, da, not da, da, Hollywood. No. <laughs> we are taking away from Hollywood. We are we are the future of cinema. Well, that's right. The filmmakers are the future of cinema, but we we are curating the future of cinema. <laughs> nope. It's us. No, okay, so we take small budget, no budget independent films and we watch them and we talk about them on this show that is what's going on you can even have a higher budget too we'll take that as long as we can like consider it in the realm of independent i'm like waving my hands around because <laughs> that that kind of gets really weird in a sense sometimes because like a24 used to be considered independent i don't know if you can anymore now what are they doing a24 way to go way to be Way to get yeah, out way of the to hipster sell crowd. Out, yeah, fucking narc. <laughs> no, I love them so much. They're amazing. They make such good films, ninety uh, percent of the time, which is a good track record. Anywho, Dan, we watched the film called Rub. Rub. What is Rub about? Rub is about a guy who he's pathetic and he's down in the dumps. He he's depressed and he doesn't know what to do with his life. He wants a girlfriend. He wants some kind of companionship um, or sex. And he Dan, could you stop describing me and just actually talk about what the film is about? <laughs> he he goes to, at the suggestion of one of his office workers. He goes to this rub and tug massage parlor and he rub gets and he gets a rub and tug and then he goes back. And the second time he goes back, um, he he's witness to a robbery and he basically escapes with one of the girls who's there against her will. And then they're on the run for the rest of the film. I mean, that's a little bit spoilery because that that's kind of a fun development. As I don't, I don't know, but it's like it's hard not to to spoil that part because the rest of the film is like, you know, that Dan. The first half of this show, we're going to ask each other questions about the film that will stimulate conversation in a way that will be productive to the review of the film. Then in the second half. We like to spoil the film super hard, as in we're going to really get down nitty gritty into what's going on. We're going to look under the nook. We're going to peer into the cranny, not the granny. I mean, she is peered into. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but only with permission. And then after that, the, the podcast will be done. Can you believe it? Dan, do you have a question for me? <laughs> There's one particular sound. Uh, one particular part of the score that really is awesome. And it's kind of like industrial sounding. It gave me vibes of like Tetsuo the Iron Man. How did you like that? Uh, yeah, I thought the score was pretty, pretty interesting. I think it fit the film. Um, there is ear ringing in this, of course, 
And you have you. We all know okay. how I feel about that. Get over it, bruh. <laughs> you get over it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of issues with the score. Um, I don't know if it's there was like a scene later on. It was like a drug thing that was pretty interesting. They do some animation and then they do some some different sounds that I was I thought was pretty well, cool. Well, okay, so follow up. What do you think is the strongest part of this film? I think the directing is really good. I like how this film is constructed. Uh I like where the camera is put and what's going on with the camera. I think that's and then the second would be the two leads. I like the two leads a lot and I think they do a okay. great job. B plus, the correct answer is editing. The oh. editing in this film is fantastic. Okay. It is superb. No, I'm just kidding. You you can have your own opinion, I guess. Uh, oh, am I <laughs> am I allowed to have my own opinion, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. No, so no, you're Thanks, absolutely right. Daddy. Like the acting is excellent. The, the two leads, they have such great chemistry. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm gushing already. This film is not without faults, but it's one of my favorite films I watched this year in on the wow, show. Wow, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I really want you to elaborate about what makes the editing special to you, but I think that's a spoiler thing, huh? No, like just it, for one, keeping us on pace. For two, um the the way in which the shots are cut together like it's very experimental mm-hmm. sometimes like it, it it draws attention to the art of editing and i really like that a lot the drug induced thing at the end of the film is excellent yeah. it just it just it, it the editing spoke to me like it, it was it was not hiding it was not one of those films that's trying to hide the cuts from you like it's very much editing is in your face and it's really well done mm-hmm. it, it reminded me a little bit of like a music video style editing yes i agree with that but i think that can also be to the detriment of the film sometimes because wrong while <laughs> while i think <laughs> I do agree that a lot of the editing in in this is good, meaning from scene to scene. I really like how they're transitioning and keeping mm-hmm. you engaged in what's going on. But there are certain scenes in this film that go on for so long. And I think those scenes can only really be carried so far as like your interest in these characters and what's going on in the story. And I feel like that's where the film lets me down with like Neil... As a character, I don't care about him. He's mm. awful. Yeah. He, he's like a wimpy loser guy. And you're like, kind of feel sympathy for him. But then as the story goes, everyone keeps telling him he's like a nice, great guy. And I'm like, he just seems like the worst. Like he's selfish. He's rude to people. He blows up in Perla's face. Who's the other lead in this dude. And I'm so, like, I don't have anything to latch on with him with, really. And they try to have these really dogs together. Yeah, I, dude, I really didn't like him as a character. I, I can, I can, I see that argument, but I was okay. So the the reason why you get attached to Neil, like he is a loser. He is some. He is hard to like. He, he's 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 written that way, but like. Nobody should have to go through the panic-inducing, awful thing that happens at his job. And that's where I start to feel sympathy for him. And I do feel sympathy for him. And I feel like his portrayal as this character is really good. Like I said, I think the two leads do a really good job. The surrounding characters, most of them, especially everyone at his office, 
are like cartoon characters. Like they yeah. are, yeah, they are so over the top. Like they might as well just have clown makeup on and be like dancing and, and flopping around. Well, I think that was kind of part of the point. Maybe I don't know. I don't know, man. The overacting this was so distracting to me because you can have this terrible scene, which we'll talk about. And I say terrible because not in that how it was what portrayed. Happens, yes, the what happens, the, the context. context. And what his coworkers do to him, if they would have played that 100% straight, it would have been 50 times more horrifying and disgusting than True. how it was I really will, played I, in the I'll, film. I'll concede to that 100%. So let me, let me get to my point then. All right. This film, and like, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, this is helpful for the consumer. Filmmakers may not like that we do this, but I'm going to generalize it and I'm, I'm going to compare it. This film, I've seen so many films that are like this, like this not exact same plot, but basically like y you, you rip off the mob and then you take the girl with you and you get fucked and like down on his luck loser happenstances with a hot girl and they go on an adventure. Yeah. So yeah, normally those are kind of thrilling and action packed. This one was not, it was more of a drama and we got to know them as characters. Mm -hmm. And even if it was in a couple scenes, we still really had a heart to heart and understood who they were and where they came from. So it's, it's like one of those scenes or it's, it's like one of the movies that I'm talking about where like you, you go on the adventure, but it's more of a drama than it is a thriller. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fair assessment of this film. Yeah. And I liked these slower moments. I liked the stuff between these characters and us getting to know them. It's just all of the goofy stuff around it. I wanted it. I wanted actually all of like action, throw it in the trash. The silly goofy stuff. You can throw that away too. I don't need it. The drama of this and, and what's going on with these two characters is way more interesting than anything else. That includes the detectives that show up in this movie <laughs> that includes a lot of other side characters. We don't well, need, you need except to have for a... the mechanic. The mechanic is amazing and he has to be in the film. <laughs> yes, but you we'll need to have something him. they're running from. I, I guess what they could have been running from. Okay. What they could have been running from is the actual people that abducted her and, and put her there in the first place. Or, I think what was being implied was the detectives are dirty. Yes. And they are in on it. Yeah, they are part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense for them to be there. Yes, but you can have them as more of like a menacing figure, almost like True. the Grim Reaper on their tail instead of giving them all these like silly, like okay. slapsticky scenes together. To, to the film's credit, I do think they achieve the minimum amount of intimidation and terror like they, they are trying to intimidate they're trying to to terrorize people into being for them and the other thing too we're gonna have to get into the film in order for me to talk about everything i wanted to talk about let's do it so we'll we're gonna do that right now but i'll just say i think what i'm trying to get at is the tone of this movie mm -hmm. can be so off from what i think the film wants it to be and what I was expecting, because like I feel like those things two those two things were aligned. But then there was just like I said, a lot of different things where it's throwing you off dramatically to what is happening right in within the film. So okay, we're, we're gonna spoil this now. I think maybe I asked one question, <laughs> but that's fine because we really covered a lot of what I think both of us yeah. wanted to talk about, anyways, within that Q and A. 
Was there any other question you wanted to ask before we just jump no. into this? Okay. No, I, I just want to, because I, yeah. I love this film and I, I see your point, but yeah. there's a lot I want to defend. Okay, so this movie is on Tubi and it's also on Amazon Prime. So go check it out. Rub. Dan? Yes. Begin rubbing. Okay, so first of all, it wouldn't be an independent film called Rub without a masturbation scene. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell, and what a great masturbation scene it was. Again, this is where I think editing is genius. Like the opening montages of this guy mm-hmm. are incredible. They're so creative. Like they're not, you're not expecting them. And the other thing I really like about editing is he experiments with sound or whoever's editing and the director, he's experimenting with sound. He does a lot of sound bridges and sound bridges are whenever you hear this, whatever the next scene is in the current scene. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of things with that, but then he also does the opposite where you hear a lingering of the scene that you just cut into. Yeah. Really cool sound design all, all around. Like it was, it was nothing that I've ever seen before or heard before for that matter. Building on that point, there's a moment where he is trying to psych himself into going to knock on the door of the massage parlor. Cause he's like, I shouldn't be doing this, but he's yeah. like, I, I really want to. And then it shows his back and this, this music plays that's like so intense. And it does this really cool buildup of him, like slowly swinging around and looking at the camera and then starting to slowly walk down the alley to go mm-hmm. get a hand job. But just like what I just said, all this like really serious, cool, this really awesome scene was just for him to get confidence to go get whacked off. And it's like, is this a comedy? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, this isn't like, I'm going to go save someone at the end, or I've made a big decision where I've changed my life, or like, I'm going to do this big moment thing. It's more just like, I'm going to get whacked off. So, okay, okay, okay. So I think think what is... I, I, this might this might clarify some of the the tonality that you're talking about. I went in this movie 100 percent blind. Me too. I did not read anything, and I'm like, okay, where is this film going? So I was taken by complete surprise whenever the place got raided the mm-hmm. second time, and that was fucking crazy. It blew my. That was really mind. well done because they used uh, the CT. Uh, was it the CCTV camera? The security cam footage. So they they did these like image within image cuts of like what the characters are doing and then what the cam like the the cameras focused on in the black and white. That was really cool. This movie is slick. It looks really nice. Quick aside, what I remember now in terms of editing. Sure. They do fucking amazing split screens like yes. Brian De Palma split screens, and they are fucking. Awesome. So good on you for that. Um, No. So tonally speaking, the music that you're talking about in that scene where he's psyching himself up matches the intensity of what happens later. Not so much what's happening then. Hmm. So maybe that's a disconnect or of course that's a disconnect, but like that might be where it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay. So we, we have to talk about the scene. So he goes, he goes and he gets a tuggy. 
And you have this really intimate scene between Perla and, and, and Neil meeting for the first time through a fucking hand job. It's, it's, if you don't know they're going to be best friends after this, like you're like, okay, this is weird and awkward. But then it's, it's kind of cute. The, the, the last, or like later on in the context of the film. However, I don't even see it as weird and awkward because I, I feel like a lot of this film, the way things are, with like the context of Perla being in this terrible situation. If the sex industry was more out in the open, this wouldn't be, you know what I mean? I get it, Jared. You like to be around people getting hand jobs. Yes. <laughs> and I think everyone else should have to be there too. I think we all have to be in one room. It's like the, the last scene in us, but they're all holding everybody's dicks. Absolutely. Dicks around the world. <laughs> And if if you're a lady, I guess we put a thumb in there. I don't know what ladies want. <laughs> I have no idea what women want. You know that one movie? You know that one movie? With Mel Gibson. With Mel Gibbs? <laughs> it's like that. He walks around and they all say, oh, I just want to thumb up my vagina. He was just a hitchhiker, right? I get it. God. Don't worry about it. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, no, so. He goes, he gets his tuggy, and he comes back to work, and the guy who mentioned it to him is like, hey, I heard you went. And then he's like, he, he gets somebody else in on it, and you're like, oh, God, they're ganging up on him. And then he you find out that he tells everybody in the office. So even his asshole boss comes up to him and just starts making fun of him. And at first... Because everybody starts laughing at him and he is he freaks the fuck out because this is embarrassing as hell. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. It's it's such an intense scene. But at first I thought he was dreaming because of how like kind of cacophony or like how much of a cacophony of the sound is, the way the sound is designed. I'm like, is he dreaming here? But no, he fucking jumps on his boss and beats the shit out of him, who still laughs at him. Yeah. And then he runs off and has a panic attack in the elevator. It was such yeah, a good scene. And I, I mean, it, I like the idea of it. I just think it, it, the execution of it, if they, like I said, if they would have played this way more realistically and you could still have him jump on the guy and he's laughing and, and people are like, are embarrassed. It's, it's the way they could have shot this film. Uh, okay. Even with music, you could have changed the, the tone of how the this was music feeling. music would have changed the tone drastically for sure. But they grounded it afterward by whenever he gets home, he gets a call from HR saying, Oh, this yes. is your fault. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? So as soon as that crazy scene happens and he's in that elevator and you're like, that's when the real gravity of it, when he's freaking out in the elevator, I'm like, this is really, really yeah. good. What do yeah. they undercut it with? He's in the parking lot. And some guy goes, oh, hey, hey there, Neil, how's it going? And he grabs him and starts like shaking him and spinning him around in a circle. Like we're doing like a, a little like silly routine. And I'm like, what is this scene? Just cut this out. Why is this here? It was really. And then we get to what you just said with like the phone call and everything. So it, I, <laughs> I'm going to concede to that point because I understand why you are taken aback tonally. Uh -huh. But. It didn't bother me. Like everything that you've said so far doesn't like I, I see the mishaps with tonality, but it just the film. It, I don't know. It just spoke to me. Like I like these characters. I like their drama and I like the ending and how anticlimactic it is. Oh, I, I definitely have to disagree. 
<laughs> We're going to definitely get into that ending. Boy, Mishaps with Tonality is also my DJ name, by the way. Please buy my, my new records. <laughs> mishaps with Tonality. Oh, there goes Gravity. Okay, Dan, was there any other scene you would like to talk about? No, let's get into this disagreement. That I could try to dunk on. Okay. No, you know what? Because I'm being really negative, and I understand that. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I like to be... I don't want you to be the only negative one, but, like, I, I also... Know. I know. I also really liked this film. Like, I said at the beginning, this film has its faults, but it, it spoke to me. Like, it's really good. I cannot stress enough how well Micah Speyer as Neil or Jennifer Figueroa... I'm sorry if I'm yeah. saying your name wrong. As Perla... Or I have to give a shout out to Wesley Barrington Artope as West. He is so good. He's so charming in this. I wanted him to be in the movie more. Um, they, they, did, they were doing great. They stole his car and he's like, God damn. Where the camera's pointed is amazing. How this film looks is super, super good. I like all the trippy stuff in it. I like the, like you said, the music video-esque stuff that happens in this is really bizarre and fun. And Neil's breakdowns and his, his like ennui and shit. That's really interesting to me. Dan, let's talk about the end. <laughs> so they are at Wes's house and they were going to get found. Like they, they're going to get found. They're on the run and they're going to get found at Wes's house because the detectives show up to Wes and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they they were going to find them. Anyway. But Wes, so Wes is a his... mechanic, right? The two main characters, their car breaks down. Yeah. That's how they meet Wes. And they have to walk into this. Yeah. And he invites them over to their house, town. right? Yeah. And Wes just invites everybody, all the stray dogs into his house and they never leave. <laughs> Pretty much, it seems like. <laughs> anyway, one of the stray dogs has uh, mushroom brownies and they get wasted. Mm -hmm. And... Um, then he goes outside and the one of the stray dogs is like, here, have weed. It's going to make your high better. Mm -hmm. And he does. And he freaks the fuck out. And he wakes up the next morning mm -hmm. and he gets Perla. He get, she, He's like, we got to go. We got to get, get out of here. And they steal West's car. He's like, I'm sorry this is all sudden, but like I, I had this, this vision where it's like I used to go to my uncle's cabin over the summers and we would fish and the cabin should still be there and it's a great place to hide. And then he goes and she freaks out on him. She's mm -hmm. like, why are you doing this? We were fine. And she's wrong because they would have been found regardless. Anyway, he goes to where this cabin is. It's not there. And then he has a meltdown again and this time directs it at her because... In the context of this film, he is, he's literally, this happens over the course of 24 hours to 48 hours. Like he was a nobody. Now he's everything. A fugitive on the run. Yeah. But he's also everything to this woman. Yeah. Right. That's like true. she says as much. She's like, I was not happy until I found this. Like this is the most happy I've been yep. in a long time because I got duped from the Dominican Republic. And it's literally everything he's ever wanted. And he's still like, I'm exactly. going to piss all over it. But he's a fugitive and he's freaking out about it. And he's like, I got to turn myself in. And he pisses all over it. Like you said, anyway, he goes away, blows off steam, gets fucking groceries, goes to Trader Joe's, picks stuff up for no cabin. And he comes back and Perla is dead. Yep. Her throat is slit. As far as we know. She just, her throat's cut, and then he sits in a chair. He starts to cry and be sad, and then someone puts a gun to his head off screen, and I guess shoots him? Bro, how do you, okay. So, I need to hear your, your call. Okay. Because I, I, 
what was the point of showing all of those scenes with the detectives if we're not even going to have a showdown with them meeting these two characters at the end, right? Like we could have had him showing up. She's being held hostage. We think, oh, he's going to save the day and save her. And then these two fucking cops are like, oh, we're not actually here to arrest you. And then they fucking kill her. And then he's got to watch okay. that. He loses his fucking that shit. Would have been, that would have been crazy. Then the two detectives basically tell him he is a fucking loser and is a piece of shit and he's going to die. And then they fucking kill him. That would be even more bleak than it actually yeah, is. That's, that's terrifying. what I wanted. <laughs> okay. I see that. But because at that point, I'm just like, fuck Neil. He's such, you know, when I, I kind of lost my feelings towards Neil is when he started accusing the hippie guy of wanting to have sex with his girlfriend, the girl he's like barely known for like a day or so. And he keeps saying uh, it over and over to, again to him. And he's like, dude, what's your problem? <laughs> I just, I don't know. He just, it rubbed me like such the wrong way that it's like, he doesn't see her as a person. He just sees her as like an object that he owns and that made me really revile Neil. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I was like, I fucking hate Neil. <laughs> so, well, when they killed Perla, I was fucking pissed. But I guess yeah. that's that is a good reaction. I mean, you're getting emotions reactions out of me. So exactly. No, the per like it, it it took me by surprise and it got me distraught. However, the, going back to your comment about the detectives, Chekhov doesn't have claim over everything in the world. A gun, maybe a cake or whatever, but not fucking detectives, man. They're autonomous. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Chekhov's detectives. But then, I don't know, that just begs the, the reason, like, why have them in every other scene investigating when there was no point? Like, there's no, like, what do they do? I don't know. I get the allure of that. I just don't think the execution of it, like, if you make the detectives more mysterious, like I said, way less lines, like, maybe we barely see them, and they're like, they're like phantoms chasing them and they are just death incarnate that's coming and there's nothing that they can do to stop it. I think that would be way more thrilling and then having it at the end where it's just like, it is inevitable that this will not work and this is going to yeah. be a failure. So that, that goes into my biggest critique of the film and that is, that is the lack of, and I don't know if what they were trying to achieve would have been, okay, so my biggest critique is I wanted to know more about the syndicate. Right. Just a, like a little bit more, more dialogue that expresses that. Cause we get it in, in her dialogue about like their post-coital intimate talk. Like she talks about how she was duped. Yeah. That was a great scene. So if we can have more, yeah, that scene was fantastic. But if we can have more times, whenever, as they are palling around on the run, mm -hmm. talk more about the syndicate, more about like why she feels like she's in danger, things like that. That would have contextualized it and that would have grounded it more in this this reality that you're looking for. Mm. And I I think I think that's why th that's that's my biggest critique. It's like it speaks to what you've been saying. You're up in arms about well up in arms is exactly that's true. You know it's, I, mean. I kind of am. <laughs> But like the cartooniness and then the tonality, it's like if we could just ground the film a little bit more, we may not have so much tonal issues. And so like I was when I was watching this film, once we got to the some of the silliness of the co the co-workers, I was like, this is strange. Is this a comedy? And I kept watching it, and I'm watching, it, I'm like, I don't know. And then I stopped, and that's when I looked up like, what is this supposed to be versus how I'm feeling? And I saw the disconnect there. Now I will say. These are all just my opinions, right? I mean, 
the director might, this might've been exactly how the director wanted people yeah. to view his film. I don't fucking know. Okay. Final thoughts. I think this is a very well-made movie. Um, but yeah, tone, right? I mean, what more can I say? Despite the tone, it took me on an emotional roller coaster, And I think that's why I liked it so much. Like I was so into the characters. I was into their fugitiveness. Mm-hmm. Because normally, I with films like this, I I could take or leave. Yeah. This film, I'm like, oh man, yeah, let's like I care about these guys. I think this is going to be a decisive film for people that watch it. I really do. Mm, like, I think yeah. people are going to really like it or be like, nah, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's not a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Christopher Fox, for sending this to us. He wrote and directed it. I forget. I think I don't think we said that. No, we did not. But yeah. Props to you, man. You made a fucking slick looking film, dude. Yeah. And editing, like if it was you that it was editing, I, I forgot to look it up. But whoever edited it. I tried I to look it up. I know you had the I, final. I didn't see. I didn't see. Well, uh, typically like editors sit with the directors and they yeah. like have the final say so. But like the the choice to put split screen in there, the choice to to have like these kind of sporadic feeling cuts in in the beginning like it was it was really really thoughtful and i i liked it a lot absolutely you know what they should have done more fisheye lens mm. honestly yes if they would have just done like 80 percent of the film like fisheye lens from the perspective of neil's penis it would have been 10 out of 10 honestly because then you get like to see the hand job like you're the penis exactly so <laughs> as soon as we got to the massage parlor, not, not knowing what this film was going in blind. As soon as we got to the massage parlor, I'm like, Oh, this film is going to be about getting hand jobs. And it's going to be an hour and a half of that. <laughs> I, so, okay. I could have just watched a man slowly falling in love with the woman who gives him hand jobs. And I think that could have been an amazing Yeah, you film. could have, couldn't you? Fuck off. I think them <laughs> actually falling in love, or maybe not. Maybe he's just delusional. I don't know. I think that could have been so compelling. Like, yeah. we almost didn't even yeah, need any of this other shit that happens. That's already exciting to me. And not because it's a hand job. Dan. You're just mad because you didn't get your head shaved. Oh, dude, he looked cool as fuck with his head shaved. Yeah, he looked he fucking bad. Because, like, he was looking real nerdy before. <laughs> the glow up is yeah. real. Dan. The glow up. Could you give us the plugs yes you can find us on instagram at indie film review pod you can email us at the indie film review at gmail.com that is where we got rub rub baby guys thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it i'm sorry i was so mean this film i don't know what's wrong with me it's really not that bad i'm sorry for everything i've ever said uh please rate us five stars on the things that you do and tell your friends and family about us i really appreciate it uh thank you for listening Daniel, the final word. What? Ew. Did that work? Damn. I don't think I heard it. I saw your nasty cheek Ah, flopping around. I can't grab my cheek anymore. Ew. Ew. (laughs) That's that's your final word. It's going to be, I can't grab my cheek anymore. (laughs) 